0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk.
1: US has vetoed a resolution at the UN demanding an immediate ceasefire in Gaza after after proposing its own draft, urging a temporary ceasefire. And Sean Bell, retired former fighter pilot, current defence consultant and co-host of the Red Matrix podcast, joins us. Good morning to you, Sean. A lot of this is down to semantics and words, isn't it? That, that the, gov- the government of the US won't call for a ceasefire because a ceasefire is something that in normal terms heralds the end of a war. And, and Israel isn't going to, I suppose, that's unpalatable to, to Israel at the moment.
0: Good morning to you. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. Part of this is language. A ceasefire by its technical definition is a ceased the firing to allow a negotiations towards a peace whereas uh, an operational pause allows the fighting to continue and to date the US aveto any United Nations security resolutions that uh, call for an immediate ceasefire because ultimately they back Israel and Israel would always claim that if they stopped what will be the point of the war. They've still got four battalions of Hamas fighters tucked away in Rafah, between 300 and 1,000 people in each of the battalions. And therefore, they've said, if we stop now, what was it all about? What's really interesting, though, is that for the first time we've seen the US proposing a very different UN Security Council resolution, and this one is calling for a temporary ceasefire uh, and opposes Israel doing uh, its operation to Rafah. And I think this reflects growing US frustration over recent weeks. I mean, you've heard President Biden say that uh, Netanyahu has been over the top. We've heard yeah. Hillary Clinton say he's untrustworthy and should go. And I think this U- new UN resolution, which has um, the much more potential to get uh, through, shows a sign of US displeasure.
1: Okay, so so a rift between the White House and, and the Netanyahu government, is that going to have ramifications down the line, Sean? If, if Israel is increasingly isolated. Is that likely to result in Israel going completely rogue or is that more likely to see Israel rein itself in in some way? What's your view?
0: Well, I think the danger is who'd have thought three or four months in from the 7th of October we'd still be looking at the devastation around at the moment. I mean, over 29,000 killed, 67,000 Palestinians injured, two-thirds of those children, humanitarian disaster. Um, And yet Netanyahu is still openly saying that no amount of international pressure is going to stop uh, Israel government from finishing the task, from destroying Hamas, liberating the hostages and removing Palestinians as a threat. It will be really, really interesting to see as this U.S. frustration goes. Bluntly, at the moment, I think the U.S. veto actually reflects a real policy. Israel had already said, or Benny Gantz had said, um, that on the 10th of March, uh, start of Ramadan, yeah. if the hostages hadn't been released, then the fighting would continue. So in a way, I know it's not the direct language, but in a way, there's an element there of pause about it. And the UN, uh, the U.S. proposal sounds li- literally fleshing that out a bit. But um, but there is gradual um, division uh, we're seeing in front of us now. And it's largely the, the whole international community is getting shocked by what's happening. And the U.S. is gradually um, reflecting that view.
1: Yeah, it does seem that Israel's allies are are falling away from it. Ramadan is the 10th of March. That's not that far away. Do you expect that, I mean, Israel has issued an ultimatum in effect. Do you expect that something has to happen now between now and then one way or another, I suppose?
0: That that is the window of opportunity. There are negotiations going on at the moment. And um but it's pretty clear that the only way they'll all succeed is if um Hamas leadership are sent on exile. And there was some talk potentially Yaya Sinwa, who's the boss of Hamas, may be going without some of his leadership on on exile. Um, But bluntly, it's quite difficult to see how that will uh, appease uh, Netanyahu. um, And therefore, it'll be difficult to see how that will ultimately see a stop. But um, what was was also evident from all of the criticism of the US from vetoing this uh, is that actually it is spilling over. It's a much wider uh, problem. The Houthis are still attacking shipping in the Red Sea, uh, whilst we've seen a calming slightly over recent days of Hezbollah in the yeah. north, it's all just on it in a tinderbox, and it does need to get this um, stop the war in Gaza. Otherwise, the rest of it could escalate.
1: Yeah, that febrile sort of expansion is always the fear. But but you mentioned Hezbollah there. You and I have spoken previously on this show over over the months about the potential for for I suppose a, a northern front to open up between Lebanon and Israel. Uh, that hasn't happened. It, does does Lebanon lack the appetite for it? Are, are, are Hezbollah not really wanting to escalate it? They could at this point.
0: Yeah, without going to a sort of history lesson, um, back in two thousand and six, um, Lebanon suffered tremendously with the last a major war um, between Israel and Hezbollah, and there's no appetite to seeing that happen again. Last middle of last week, we saw the biggest series of attacks by Israel onto Hezbollah since the 7th of October, when, if you recall, yeah. one female Israel soldier was killed, six were injured, and we were really worried at that stage that this would precipitate a major escalation. But a week later, whilst Hezbollah has fired a few rockets, they haven't escalated it, and it's pretty clear that's because there's a widespread lack of appetite for taking that further, and that's good news for the region. Um, but we are at this tipping point now. Rafa, let's be clear, the last section in the south of um of Gaza, over a million refugees. How on earth a military operation can go in there? As a former military guy, how are you going to differentiate between civilians, between Hamas, between hostages? Uh, And any air campaign will be absolutely devastating on the ground. It's very difficult to see how this next phase is going to play out. Sean Bell,
1: retired former fighter pilot, current defence consultant and co-host of the Red Matrix podcast. Thank
0: you for joining us.